0: Good morning and welcome to a Tuesday morning October the 26th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host Kurt Chamberlain. Uh, Unfortunately not with me today is your co-host Pastor Dick Chamberlain. He is right now uh, even as you are listening to the sound of my voice sitting in a dentist chair with his mouth wide open and I'm sure he's having a great time uh, but I'm sure he'd rather be with us but uh He's, he's not going to be with us today, however, uh, the great news is that we do have our regular Tuesday morning guest, Dr. J.B. Hickson with us, uh, and today's subject matter, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is one of a highly sensitive nature, uh, we want to just tell you that right off the top, uh, some very sensitive issues will be discussed, uh, but always in light of the gospel. And uh, uh, that's the way Dr. Hickson, Hickson always does it. And uh, that's why we love him. We appreciate him very much for being with us. Good morning, JB. Uh, let us know what, uh, what you'd like to talk about today, sir.
1: Amen. So great to be back with you, uh, Curtis. And as always, really appreciate the opportunity uh, to share this platform with you on Tuesday mornings. And This morning, uh, I've got a topic I want to talk about. Should Christians take the COVID vaccine? Should Christians take the COVID vaccine? And let me tell you why I think this is a very important and timely uh, topic. First of all, uh, we are seeing more and more and more pressure across the country and indeed across the globe right now to force people to take uh, this vaccine. And I can't tell you how many Uh, emails and phone calls at our 1-800 number. I am fielding from people who listen to Not By Works or somehow were connected to Not By Works by a friend, and they're asking me, what should I do? I'm being told I'll be fired if I don't take this vaccine. And what do you think and what should I do? And so I know that this is a very important topic to many people. I do not, do not to consider it an easy topic. Uh, I do not want to imply as we go through this uh, interview this morning that this is something that should be just flippantly made without any prayer and consideration. Uh, however, I do believe there is clear biblical direction on this, uh, this issue. And so uh, in, uh, as we go through the interview this morning, I've jotted down 14 reasons why I believe that no Christian should take the vaccine. And I know that by letting people know right off the top here where I'm coming from on this, I may have just lost some listeners. Some may have just said, well, I'm not going to listen to this and turn it off. But I want to implore you, listen and listen uh, very carefully. And then uh, do your own research, validate the things that uh, I'm going to say. And, uh, and you know, we want to start out with a, a passage of scripture that I think should really uh, kind of be the overarching principle here. And that's from uh, the book of James, chapter four and verse 17. Many of your listeners know that James is one of the earliest epistles. In the New Testament, written uh, some uh, 12 to 14 years after the church was founded uh, by the Lord's brother, James, who came to know the Lord, became a Christian after the resurrection of our Lord. And in this uh, uh, letter, which is basically reads like a sermon, uh, he has this to say in, in chapter four, verse 17. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So I recognize that for many of our listeners, that they may have already taken the vaccine. And if that's uh, you, then uh, my encouragement will be to listen carefully to the information that we're going to provide and then make sure that you don't take any more boosters and you don't take any further shots. Obviously you cannot go back in time and undo what's been done, but you can pray for protection and you can uh, uh, repent and uh, change your view of this. And uh, going forward, you can espouse a biblical view on this issue. For those of you that have not taken it and are uh, p- contemplating taking one of the COVID vaccines, I wanna encourage you to listen very carefully to all that we're gonna talk about this morning. And then at the end, or at some point as I kind of, as, we, as the flow goes, and as I feel led, we're going to get into uh, four questions that I've received in various iterations from various listeners uh, and people that watch our live stream and our uh, videos uh, related to this very question about, well, what if this? What about this? Or what if this was the situation? Should I take it? I'm going to address uh, at least four actual questions that I've received uh, from people relating real life uh, circumstances that uh, people are laboring over right now, and and really burdened about whether or not they should take uh, the vaccine. So, with that, we'll uh, we'll dive in. Uh, okay.
0: a- any questions from uh, from you, Curtis? No, I don't have any questions, but I do have a comment. I, I'm really um, normally, you know, when uh, when I know what our subject matter is, I get excited uh, about a lot of the things we're going to talk about. The the feeling is a little different today uh, about this subject matter because I do know people, good Christian people, born again people that have taken the vaccine, and uh, you know it it it's a burden on my heart, but uh, I, I know folks that have, and and uh, I'm hoping that you'll delve into uh, a little bit as to why uh, folks would would choose to take the vaccine. Uh, You know, I I, I, personally I think it's a it's a fear matter, and uh, I think that's what the media and the government uh, largely have chosen as a tool to uh, convince and deceive uh, the masses, uh, all of humanity basically. So you know, I'm I'm sure that you probably plan to address that a little bit. And uh, uh, so with that, I will let you uh, let us know what the 14. Reasons are, and we could probably come up with more. But uh, I'm interested to hear what your 14 reasons are for not taking the vaccine. Yeah, thank you,
1: Curtis. And and yeah, let's go ahead and and start out by um, addressing some of the reasons uh, that you just asked about as to why someone would take it. I think uh, first of all, many people took the vaccine early on out of ignorance. You know, a lot of people um, trust the government; Uh, they believe. Uh, in what uh, the government uh, says and uh, they have not really understood the fact that the government and certain uh, bad actors within the government, part of the Luciferian elite that I talk about extensively in my series Spirit of the Antichrist, uh, they don't think they would hurt them and, and so I think a lot of people just said, hey, uh, I believe what I'm told and the government's talking about this massive pandemic And uh, I don't want to die. And so the government says I should take this vaccine and I'll take it. And I understand that. I understand that's where a lot of people are coming from. Um, And for those who do uh, still trust the government, I strongly uh, encourage you to watch um, my What in the World is Going On uh, series, part six, uh, entitled Can We Trust the Government? And those videos, there's eight of them, eight uh, part series, what in the world is going on, are available at the notbyworks.org website. Just go to notbyworks.org and the videos menu on the left. uh, Underneath that, you'll see what in the world is going on. Click that and you'll have access to all eight videos. And part six, as you will see, is entitled, Can We Trust the Government? And I give incontrovertible historical fact, example after example, of ways in which the government has lied uh, to its people and by the way on that note I always like to point out that you know all those commercials that we see all the time uh, on television that talk about that are from big law firms that are saying if you've taken this drug uh, this pharmaceutical you know prescription and you're experiencing this problem or this problem or this problem call this 1-800 number and join this class action suit Uh, all those different lawsuits that are and there are, you know, literally a hundred or more of them over the last century. Um, uh, all of those lawsuits for every drug you can think of. Is, is is involved? What's involved in those lawsuits are drugs that were approved by the FDA. So let's not forget that. Time and again, the FDA approves drugs that end up killing people, and so then they take it off the market and typically settle out of court for millions, if not billions, of dollars. So uh, for those who trust the FDA and the CDC, I encourage you to watch part six of "What in the World uh, Is Going On," and uh, I think it will address that issue. Another reason. Uh, Back to your question, Curtis, another reason that I think people uh, take the vaccine is, uh, as you sort of alluded to, even if they are inclined to be hesitant about uh, what the government might or might not do. And even if they don't really trust the government, they take it out of fear because they've been pressured and they don't want to lose their job. They have to provide for their families. And uh, we can certainly all understand that. And by the way, I make no judgment about those who, on a personal level, about those believers who have taken the vaccine. But on the authority of Scripture, as we're going to see this morning, I can say without question that it is wrong to take the vaccine. It is morally wrong. And to those who know to do good and do not do it, it is sin. So after you've listened to this information and checked it out for yourself, um, I pray that the Holy Spirit will convict everyone that indeed they should never take uh, this vaccine there may be other reasons why uh, people uh, take it um, uh, but those are the biggest two they take it out of fear either fear because they've believed the government's lie or fear because they don't want to uh, lose their job or pragmatic reasons Uh, a lot of people take it eyes wide open Um, but I'm going to explain that the ends don't justify the means and there's never a justifiable reason Uh, to take it. Uh, I decided early on, way before the first vaccines were rolled out, when the pandemic was in its early stages in early 2020, um, as I began to research and listen to top-level virologists and scientists and doctors and surgeons and uh, people from across the globe literally uh, beginning to sound the alarm about some of the technology behind the forthcoming vaccines, I decided right then that I would never take it. I was steeled myself about it and was resolved about it. And so way back in spirit of the antichrist, even again, before the vaccines were being rolled out, just as they were beginning to be talked about in the fall of 2020, I addressed it in that series. And, uh, that's a, that's an 18 part video series spirit of the antichrist. And one of those, I believe it's part eight is on big pharma and vaccines. And then of course, as they got rolled out, it was not, uh, a difficult decision for me at all. And so when people talk about the vaccine hesitant, and that's the uh, mainstream media and the Luciferian elites uh, label uh, as they try to divide and conquer in this in our culture, uh, I want to make it very clear I am not vaccine hesitant. I'm vaccine never, ever. There's no hesitancy on my part at ever. I'm not. Uh, equivocating. I have. There's no circumstances under which I will take the vaccine, so it's incorrect to call me vaccine hesitant. I'm vaccine never ever. But um, there are 14 reasons that I've come up with that I believe no indicate that no Christian should ever take the vaccine. No, no, and nobody should take it, frankly. But uh, we're addressing this show to primarily Christians. Um, And by the way, if you're listening to this show and you've never Uh, trusted in Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation. That's step number one. Before we can even address some of the cultural issues of our day and the dangers of vaccines and all that's going on in the world, you need to make sure that you are right with God. And the only way to be right with God is by believing in his son, our savior, Jesus Christ, who died and rose again for our sins and is the only one who can forgive sin and give eternal life. So the gospel is very simple. Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. And anyone who in simple childlike faith trusts in him alone as their only hope of salvation, he promises by virtue of your faith to, to make you right with God and to give you the free gift of eternal life. So that's step number one. But we're addressing here uh, believers, and the first of these 14 uh, reasons Uh, is to me the only one that you need to hear. In fact, if if we didn't even talk about anything else, this right here uh, settles the issue. And that is that there is clear, undeniable, fully admitted and documented scientific data demonstrating that the COVID-19 vaccines, all of them, including the three here in America and others in other parts of the country, all of them Contain cells taken from the bodies of preborn human beings, in some cases while these babies are still alive. Specifically, HEK 293, a cell line that was taken from the kidney of a preborn baby in 1973, and PER.C6, uh, body parts that were taken from the retina of a preborn uh, baby in 1985. Uh, This is something that the government's done a great job of uh, causing confusion about. Uh, They've co-opted many evangelical leaders to go out there on the front lines and say, oh, that's not true. It's fake news. But I have documented extensively in uh, my series, What in the World is Going On? Uh, The uh, CDC papers, the FDA papers, uh, we've even got video depositions of uh, top level uh, pharmaceutical industry leaders and other scientists uh, admitting, we know every single thing there is to know about these babies Uh, that were murdered. For example, H-E-K-293 is a kidney cell line isolated from a female aborted fetus in 1973. We know how far along uh, the baby was, how old the baby was, and we believe the Bible teaches that life begins at conception. Uh, The Bible is very clear about that, and so there are no circumstances under which it is okay to murder babies uh, and then take their body parts, again, in some cases, fresh, not frozen. Let me say that again, in some cases, fresh, not frozen, and then use those body parts for the manufacture and development of vaccines or any other drugs. And again, this is not a fact uh, in uh, dispute. So I want to read for you uh, just some information taken from a recent whistleblower And this is from an article uh, by Karen Lipson from October 18th, so not long ago, just about eight days ago. uh, And the title of the article is Aborted Fetal Cells and Vaccines, A Scandal Much Bigger Than Pfizer's Whistleblower Ever Imagined. So let me just read a part of this. Again, this is from top level uh, executives within uh, the industry. Quote, recently, Pfizer whistleblower Melissa Strickler, a manufacturing quality auditor for the company, exposed some of their internal emails. She was horrified by the information they contained and spoke with Project Veritas about what she had uncovered, the use of fetal cells from aborted babies to test their COVID-19 vaccine. This is what top management wrote, and then she quotes from some of these emails, quote, from the perspective of corporate affairs, this is Pfizer Senior Director of World Worldwide Research, Vanessa Gelman, writing, she said, we want to avoid the information on fetal cells floating out there. And by the way, whenever you see the word fetal cells, that sounds sort of uh, forensic and scientific. Let's call it what it is. It's parts from murdered baby corpses. So, She says, we want to avoid having information about body parts from murdered baby corpses floating around out there. That's essentially what she's saying. Back to the direct quote. The risk of communicating this right now outweighs any potential benefit we could see, particularly with general members of the public who may take this information and use it in ways we may not want to be out there. In other words, we want to downplay the fact that we're using body parts for murdered babies in our vaccines, because that will get in the way of our potential benefit. Well, what's their potential benefit? Money. Um, Making trillions of dollars, thanks to the Trump warp speed uh, executive orders and uh, money that he's given them in the trillions of dollars. I talk about how much each pharmaceutical company was given. uh, And again, it, it, it numbers in the trillions. Uh, to work on these vaccines back in 2020. And many of them, by the way, never ended up producing a vaccine. They just got the money, played with it for a while, and then the government shows other vaccine companies. So not all of the ones that received the money even produced a so-called vaccine, and they're not even really vaccines. But uh, again, back to the quote, uh, she warned him that we have been trying as much as possible to not mention the fetal cell lines, quote, unquote. They don't want to mention, that these vaccines are developed and manufactured using body parts such as kidneys and retinas from murdered babies. Um, What Strickler wasn't aware, back to the article, is is that the information about fetal cells being used for the COVID-19 vaccines is well known to scientists and researchers. Papers about the manufacturing techniques for COVID-19 vaccines, which included the use of fetal cells, were published online at least as far back as May 2020. May 2020, that's when I was first really researching all of this, long before the first vaccines uh, hit the market under the Emergency Use Authorization Act. Uh, She also didn't know that she had uncovered only a small portion of the scandal. Continuing to read from this article about the whistleblower, quote, the fetal cells referred to in Pfizer's emails were HEK-293 cells. Again, as I mentioned, obtained from the kidney cells of a female fetus in 1973. In reality, all, listen carefully, from the quote, all the currently authorized COVID-19 vaccines are made using aborted fetal cells, including Moderna's. Moderna also used H-E-K-293 cells in their proof of concept tests to see if the genetic instructions contained in these vaccines would effectively uh, would be effectively taken up and produce the required spike protein. Johnson & Johnson used both the PER.C6 cell line derived from a human embryonic retinal cell from an 18-week-old baby in 1985 and the H-E-K-293 cell line as well to produce, uh, respectively, their Janssen vaccine. AstraZeneca used HEK 293, as did two other companies that have had their uh, vaccines approved uh, globally. Cancino Biologics, Gamalea Research Institute, the Sputnik 5 vaccine. The use of aborted fetal cells in vaccine production has been going on for, listen, over 50 years. Starting in the mid to late 1970s, antigens for several childhood vaccines are grown in aborted fetal cells. Again, whenever you see aborted fetal cells, just think body parts from murdered babies. uh, Cell lines MRC-5 and WI-38-38. I actually uh, talk about this in Spirit of the Antichrist in my uh, video on vaccines and big pharma. I play a clip of uh, uh, Dr. Stanley a Plotkin, who's known as the grandfather of vaccines, uh, and he, uh, and she quotes from him here, and I'll get to that in just a second, but I actually show the videotaped deposition. He was called in a, to uh, give testimony under oath in a dispute between two parents who were divorced, and one did not want their child to be vaccinated for these reasons, and the other did. And so uh, they, the one who did not called Dr. Plotkin to prove that indeed these childhood vaccines include these uh, body parts from murdered babies. And so um, this article goes on to say the use of aborted fetal cells raises tremendous ethical, moral and, by the way, health concerns. Now, I don't know if this author uh, from, uh, you know, about this whistleblower Uh, from Pfizer is a believer or not. And that's why I say even for unbelievers, just the ethics alone, never mind the biblical morality, and not to mention the health concerns of infusing inside your body, body parts of other people into your bloodline, I mean, into your blood flow. Um, But here's her quote about Dr. Stanley Plotkin, again, the grandfather of vaccines, uh, one of the leading world experts on vaccines. He's a renowned vaccinologist. He was deposed in January of 2018 by attorney Aaron Siri, prior to testifying in a divorce case where the parents disagreed about vaccination, as I said. Um, he received numerous honors and has lectures named for him. He's developed the rubella vaccine. He's a co-developer of the uh, pentavalent rotavirus vaccine. And he's worked extensively on the development and application of all kinds of vaccines like anthrax, oral polio, rabies, varicella and many others he's a top level consultant to vaccine manufacturers biotechnology companies and nonprofit research organizations so here's what he said plotkin quote because living tissue is needed for the primary culture these abortions are off, often done by the quote water bag quote his quote method which delivers the fetuses alive let me say that again Because living tissue is needed for the primary culture, these abortions that are used in vaccine manufacturing development are often done by the water bag technique, which delivers the fetuses alive. Limbs, organs, and tissues from aborted fetuses, again, murdered babies, are a mainstay of modern medical research. Not only are the babies delivered alive, but horrifically, their organs are often removed while they are still alive. And this is precisely how they got the HEK-293 kidney cells used in the manufacture of the COVID-19 vaccines. So folks, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Don't listen to the evangelical leaders that are out there claiming, oh, this is no big deal, or don't listen to People like Robert Jeffers from First Baptist Church of Dallas who says, well, you know, uh, if something good can come from something bad, you know, what's the harm? It's kind of like when, because of Jesus' death, we all have our sins atoned for. And I got to tell you, Dr. Jeffers, it is blasphemous to compare using the body parts of, in some cases, living babies before they're murdered, taking out their kidneys while their hearts are still beating and then producing a vaccine that you then stand up and scare Christians into taking. And if I sound animated, it's because my blood boils when I see uh, people like you know Franklin Graham and John Piper and Beth Moore and Robert Jeffress and other evangelical leaders standing up or tweeting or saying on TV interviews that there's nothing wrong with this. Every Christian should go and take this vaccine. Well, now you know. Now you know, and to him who knows to do right, to do good, and does not do it, to him it is sin. James four seventeen. So uh, you know the first reason why no believer should ever take any of the COVID nineteen vaccines is because they use body parts from murdered babies. And by the way, just recently, and I talk about this in my What in the World is Going On series. There was ma- mainstream big news out of the University of Pittsburgh in which it was even further uh, discovered and proven with you know, hidden cameras and again, whistleblowers that the big pharma companies often have representatives on site at abortuaries around the country such as Planned Parenthood, ready to take these babies again, delivered alive because they've gotta have the live cells to do their research and rush them off uh, to labs in their region. So this, this was mainstream news. Uh, not that the mainstream news is, is always reliable, but again, uh, it was so, some news are so powerful and so undeniable that even the mainstream news cannot spin it or hide it. So this is not uh, speculation. This is not something that is uh, a fact in dispute. Uh, and you can, at this point believers and listeners, you can do one of two things. You can stick your head in the sand and say, I don't believe it in which you're going to be held accountable someday, or you can say, you know what, uh, uh JB has no reason to lie. I don't have any, I mean, I'm, I've lost speaking engagements and lost, uh, listeners from our ministry because we've spoken out about this. I, this is certainly nothing. I take any pleasure whatsoever in exposing, and I'm not the only one exposing it. Many, many leading doctors and scientists and Christians and pastors are out there sounding the alarm, but unfortunately, the mainstream media has a much bigger megaphone, and we are so easily mind-controlled and prone to listen to the mainstream narrative, so that's that's the reason a lot of people just stick their head in the sand uh, and take it, Um, but uh, now you know. Do your research And uh, you'll find that uh, there is no uh, dispute about this matter whatsoever. So that's the first reason that I think no believer should take it. And frankly, we could end the show right there because that settles it. Um, And let me say again, if you've taken the vaccine, um, obviously you cannot go back and undo what you've done. Uh, I would get before the Lord, confess and repent. God trusts your heart. Um, I'm going to be preaching this Sunday from Psalm 51. David's famous penitent uh, psalm. And, uh, you know, God's people throughout human history have often done things they should not do and they regret. But God is a loving God, a gracious God, and a forgiving God. And uh, uh, certainly your fellowship with him uh, in intimacy and closeness can be easily restored when you confess, that word means say the same thing as, homo is the Greek word, it means to agree with God and you just come humbly before the Lord and say, Lord, I didn't know, or Lord, I knew, but I felt like I had no choice, but I see now that I shouldn't have done it, and I'm going to do everything I can uh, to sound the alarm, and I'll never take one of the boosters, because that's the thing that people need to recognize, is that this is just the beginning. They're already talking about four, five, six, seven boosters. I read an article yesterday about how in New York, the pandemic has become an endemic, and that was mainstream news, meaning it's just going to be a way of life. Every six months, you're going to roll up your sleeve and get more uh, murdered baby parts injected into your bloodstream. So uh, you need to, you to steal yourself now. Don't worry about the past. You cannot undo the past, uh, but uh, God separates our sins as far as the east is from the west, and he doesn't look back. <laughs> so as the apostle Paul said in Philippians 3, those things were in the past, I forget, forgetting those things, I press forward, and now we need uh, to move forward. So uh, that was some pretty heavy information there, but I hope uh, uh, listeners took note. But let me list off now uh, in the remaining uh, uh, 15 minutes or so that we have on today's uh, interview, today's program, several other reasons why uh, I don't believe any believer should take uh, the vaccine. First of all, in addition, to uh, the aborted fetal cells, Uh, there are many other dangerous uh, ingredients in these vaccines, so-called vaccines, they're really experimental gene editing bioinjections. But, uh, and and, and there are others that we don't even know about. By the way, we don't know everything that's in them because the vaccine companies are not obligated to tell us. So, uh, but what we do know is bad enough, things like graphene oxide, and, uh, you know, there have been plenty of doctors out there who have obtained unused vials of the various vaccines and subjected them to scrutiny under high-level microscopes and showed all kinds of parasites and other foreign uh, ingredients such as metal metal particulates and again, graphene oxide, which is very deadly. So uh, the Bible tells us that our body is the temple of God and we should respect it and Again, I understand that we all put things in our body that we shouldn't. We eat, you know, Cheetos and we eat junk food and candy. That's not healthy either. Um, but certainly, once you know just how dangerous uh, the ingredients of these vaccines are, apart from the fetal cells, uh, it's reason enough not to take it. Another reason not to take it is that. Lab tests for all other SARS-CoV viruses, severe acute respiratory syndrome, uh, coronaviruses have produced no success success whatsoever. Every lab animal that has been used in testing SARS-CoV-1 and SARS-CoV-2 over the last 20 years uh, has killed all the lab lab animals. That's the reason we never had a vaccine for SARS-CoV-1. And uh, we should not have one for SARS-CoV-2 either, but they rushed it through. And it's an an experimental technology that's never before been used. And basically all uh, people on the planet are being used as one giant uh, laboratory. So the experimental uh, long-term nature effects are simply not known. They've never been studied. So I know a lot of people are listening right now and saying, Well, you know, I took it and I didn't have uh, any side effects. Some people have had no side effects. Most have had, you know, some side effects, severe headaches, severe uh, drowsiness. Uh, Every time I talk to someone uh, that has taken the vaccine, I always uh, ask them, hey, how did it go? Tell me me what you experienced. Most experienced at least mild symptoms. And of course, as I'm going to get to in a second, we know. There are tens of thousands who are experiencing the worst of symptoms, um, but even if you've not experienced any symptoms, uh, that doesn't mean it's okay, because the, the, the nature of these experimental bioinjections are such that the, the, the results might not be seen for months and months, or again, and this goes back to understanding the nefarious nature of the powers that be in the Luciferian elite it's entirely possible that some people are giving a batch of these viruses that are placebos uh, so that they can uh, not have quite so many negative adverse effects. Uh, who knows, I wouldn't put anything past them, but don't make your decision based on the ends justifies the means. For anyone to sit there and say, I, d- I took it and I didn't have any negative effects, so therefore it must be okay, that is very short-sighted and very naive. And of course, it it completely ignores the moral issue that I began uh, this list with. Another reason is if you look at the VAERS system, which is the Vaccine Adverse Effect Reporting System, uh, it has shown tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of, you know, adverse effects. Um, And again, we need to explain in case some of our listeners Uh, are not familiar with VAERS. Uh, But VAERS is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System that was put in place in 1990. And it is designed for doctors and individuals to report adverse effects after getting a vaccine. And uh, so far, since the onset of the COVID so-called vaccines in December of 2020, There have been exponentially more reports just in the last 10, 11 months uh, about the COVID vaccines, negative results, than there have about all other vaccines in the previous 30 years combined, exponentially more. So far, there have been 1.6 million reports of adverse effects. That includes over 17,000 deaths uh, as of October 15. And that includes 83,000 hospitalizations, 92,000 in urgent care. And this, by the way, VARES is not some independent whistleblowing agency. VARES is run by the CDC and the FDA. If you go to the VARES website, it plainly states right on there that this group is accountable to the FDA and CDC, and this is their own data. 127,000 doctor's office visits, 7,532 anaphyl- cases of anaphylaxis shock, over 10,000 cases of Bell's palsy. We've seen people on camera, you know, government officials taking who took the vaccine and came out 10 minutes later to give a give a press conference and they 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 experienced the symptoms of Bell's palsy live on camera. We've seen nurses take it and then collapse on camera. There've been and this is very tragic. 2,631 miscarriages because pregnant women were coerced into taking these experimental bioinjections. Been 8,400 heart attacks reported, over 10,000 cases of myocarditis and pericarditis, over 26,000 cases of people that are permanently disabled in one way uh, or another, over 9,700 cases of shingles. Now, here's the thing. If those numbers don't shock you, well, they should. but what's even worse is that based on a harvard study and harvard is certainly no friend to the truth movement and to biblical christianity these days but based on a harvard study the vares numbers represent only 1% of actual adverse effects because many people don't report it or the effects come on several weeks after they took the vaccine and they don't make the connection they don't think oh i wonder if this could be from the vaccine so These numbers are only 1% of the likely uh, actual adverse effects. So you can take these numbers and multiply them uh, by 100. But even if we just take the CDC at their own word, I mean, you can't believe the CDC when it says it's safe and effective, but then not believe the CDC when they say 17,000 people have died. I mean, that's just a self-contradiction. Even if we just take them in their own numbers, uh, the results are very uh, scary. And again, we have an obligation as believers to be good stewards of our body. We should not do things that we know uh, will harm our bodies. And so that's another reason you should not take it. Another reason is because of the well-documented cases of shedding. If you're not familiar with shedding, I encourage you to look up Dr. Lee Merritt's website. It's drleemerritt.com and uh, i've heard her speak in person she's along with dr judy mikovitz and dr peter mccullough and uh, many others uh uh, dr sherry tenpenny they're all out there on the front lines uh, sounding the alarm about shedding what is shedding well those who get the vaccine can uh, shed naturally through sweat and other uh, bodily functions dangerous pathogens that can then, if, if you come in contact with them, hurt other people. And so we have lots of evidence of this scientifically in the lab, doctors reporting it, but we also have lots of anecdotal evidence. And let me just share one anecdote, but again, the anecdote isn't the proof. The anecdote just illustrates the scientific proof that's already out there about shedding. But I, uh, as our listeners know, uh, speak at a lot of conferences. It's what we do at Not By Works Ministries. Um, we also uh, preach when I'm in town every week at our home church, Plum Creek Chapel in the Denver, Colorado area. And by the way, we'd love to have anybody in the Denver area come out and see us on Sundays or Wednesdays. Uh, but when I'm speaking at conferences, I I, I learn a lot. And um, I'm not going to mention which conference this was because our listeners will, you know, it's it's, I don't want to, Uh, expose uh, this information. Uh, But I spoke at a conference last year, uh, or actually, uh, this conference is held every year. I've spoken at it many, many times through the years. I I was not able to go last year. But last year, at the height of the pandemic, this conference with several hundred people was held. And this was after the vaccines, uh, I'm sorry, before the vaccines had come out. The the conference was held in the fall of 2020. The vaccines didn't come out till December but it was at the height of the pandemic and not a single person got COVID. You know, that was back when the media was talking about all these super spreader events. And if you go near any other person, you're gonna cause them to get COVID and you're gonna spread it and you should stay home and you should not worship God and you should stay six feet apart from everybody. Well, this conference uh, said, uh, we're not concerned about that. We're gonna do what we believe God says we should do. They held the conference, several hundred people, not a single person got COVID. This year, same conference, with uh, by some accounts, more than 50% or at least 50% of the people involved at this one conference had gotten the vaccine. And guess what? All the same circumstances. The only difference was half the people in attendance had gotten the vaccine. And this year, there was a massive uh, outbreak and uh, dozens of people got COVID. Now, how does something like that happen? Well, it happens because people are shedding. That's my Theory. I can't prove that about that particular anecdote, but we can prove scientifically that shedding takes place. And that's another reason that uh, believers should not take the vaccine because you don't know who you're going to then pass on the dangerous uh, pathogens that are causing these tens of thousands of adverse effects that the CDC and FDA are reporting. And by the way, we know they're manipulating the data. We know they're hiding uh, facts. Uh, Uh, Attorney Thomas Renz, who's representing a number of doctors in massive lawsuits against everything from the CDC and FDA to Big Pharma, uh, he's got under oath depositions from whistleblowers saying, for example, uh, that the government is hiding the fact, and he's got internal smoking gun evidence of this under oath, under penalty of of jail time for perjury from whistleblowers, that last I heard, 50,000 deaths had been reported just among the Medicare and Medicaid community uh, by those who took the vaccine and died. So uh, again, you're not going to hear this on Fox News or CNN, uh, but it's out there. Uh, several other reasons here just to kind of run them off again. So far, you've heard enough to that should make it very clear that no Christian should take the vaccine. Uh, but uh, as I presented in uh, uh, my uh, part to uh, three, or no, part two, rather, of my um, uh, What in the World is Going On series, it was called uh, COVID-19 and the Depopulation Agenda. Uh, there are s- at least 16 smoking gun uh, reasons to prove that, pro- that the COVID-19 pandemic is part of a pre-planned global agenda. So if the pandemic itself was pre-planned. And Curtis and I have talked about this here on Christian Underground News Network. We've shown you the patents. It goes back 22 years. This was something they were intentionally planning to roll out when they did. If that was planned, then certainly it follows that the vaccines were also part of that plan. Another reason no Christian should take the COVID vaccine is that by all accounts, Globally, the survivability rate of COVID-19 is between 995 and 99.8%, depending on which study you look at. Uh, among healthy people who have no comorbidities, it's 99.9999% uh, survivability rate. So why in the world would you want to take a experimental gene-editing bioinjection, because the government tells you to, when you're really not at risk anyway? For most people, who get so-called COVID, and we don't even know if it's really COVID because the tests that they use to identify COVID have been uh, declared, again, by the CDC, go to their website, I show this in what in the world is going on, to be 99% inaccurate, and they cannot distinguish between the common flu and COVID-19. So we really have no way to know whether it's COVID-19. Most of the diagnoses are just based on observation. Oh, it looks like you got COVID, we're going to put it down as COVID. But whatever it is, there's no doubt that people are really getting sick. And in some cases, in many cases, it's very serious and people are dying from it. But for most people, for most people with no comorbidities, it's nothing worse than a bad cold or a a moderate case of the flu. So why would you wanna take a vaccine uh, that has a 91 against a virus that has a 99.5 to 99.8% survivability rate? Uh, Real quick, just a couple more. We've got on record hundreds of thousands of doctors worldwide claiming that the pandemic is false and the government's global response is uh, not good. So again, uh, who are you going to believe? Why would you take a vaccine where there are hundreds of thousands of doctors? I mean, I show pictures of them holding press conferences, protesting in the streets all across Europe and elsewhere. Um, another reason Christians should not take the COVID vaccine is there are proven, simple, alternative treatments for COVID outside of the vaccine. These are on record. Look at this, the study in Italy with 241,000 people involved in that experiment there. It wasn't really even an experiment. It was a real life uh, disbursement of ivermectin and other proven uh, drugs. Uh, That's two-thirds the amount of people in this country, by the way. Massive, massive study. Uh, And uh, I mean, these are legitimate studies, not like the one the CDC did uh, to show you that masks supposedly now will stop uh, an airborne virus. Uh, Basically, what they did is looked at two hairdressers at a uh, New England hairdressing salon and decided, well, we're pretty sure that masks work. That, that was their way of, uh, of doing this. So, uh, so again, you know, there are proven methods. If you go to the notbyworks.org website, click on COVID-19 data, I've provided uh, uh, our not by works uh, uh, family and anyone that goes to our website with tons of scientific journal articles, medical journal articles, reputable data uh, that shows the proper way to treat this uh, this virus. Um, another reason no Christians should take it is vast numbers of doctors and nurses are refusing to take it. Well, that's interesting. What do they know that we don't? If this thing is so safe and effective, why are so many doctors and nurses refusing to take it and literally losing their jobs over it? And not only nurses and doctors, but another reason is maybe you saw in the news this week, uh, over the last week vast numbers of really smart, educated people like nuclear physicists and scientists at Los Alamos Lab who have decades of experience uh, are quitting and, and taking early retirement because their company is forcing them to take this vaccine. And they know, they know the science and they say, there's no way I'd rather not have a job and and, and beg bread. And uh, by the way, for those believers who say, well, you know, I just trust God and God can protect me from the virus. Let me remind you, God can protect you and provide for your family uh, if you lose your job, too. (laughs) So that's no excuse. Uh, Let's not presume upon our faith and assume that God is going to protect you when you make a knowingly willful uh, poor decision. Uh, I understand it's not easy to do when when you're talking about losing your job and you've got mouths to feed and children to take care of. But God is faithful. As David said, he's never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging bread, and uh, God will provide. Uh, Again, in my mind, there's no justification uh, for ever uh, taking this virus. One more, one last one here, and that is the desperation on the part of the government to get people to take it begs the question and should raise a huge red flag. If this virus is so deadly, why all the coercion? Why are they paying people? Uh, Our governor in Colorado just announced he's going to give children, grade school children in grade school, the uh, experimental bioinjection, and he's going to pay them $25 for the first shot and $10 for every booster after that. Why are we coercing people and paying people and threatening them to lose their jobs if this is such a deadly virus? It ought to be self-evident. People ought to be lining up to take it willingly, doctors and everyone alike, but they're not. They're not. So again, I want to end where we started with a reference to God's grace. God's grace is sufficient. If you've not taken the virus, I implore you, don't take it. If you have taken it, I implore you, don't take any more boosters. And if enough believers will stand firm and proclaim the truth about this virus, then I think lives will be saved. And certainly when it comes to the use of the body parts of murdered babies, uh, it will glorify God and honor god for the sanctity of life curtis
0: amen amen jb and uh, boy i'll tell you what uh, difficult subject to talk about uh, and there was some there's some actually some horrifying information in there Uh, but it needs to be discussed it needs to be talked about and uh, openly and honestly and i'm glad you did so today sir
1: amen Amen. Well, thanks for letting me uh, let me mention that. Uh, And uh, we'll next week, we'll get back to some more, uh, maybe some theological topics and discussions. And I want to remind listeners, and you're always good about reminding them as well, that Wednesday nights, we'd love to have you tune in at six o'clock mountain time at the notbyworks.org website, just click on live stream, and you can live stream our midweek service. I'm talking about how to read and understand the Bible. And it's been a really uh, I think edifying and for me anyway enjoyable study so far as we continue that study.
0: Amen uh, and I hope you do turn tune into that. Uh, JB when he stands behind a pulpit in his own church, well I tell you what some really good stuff happens. Well I tell, I, every, every time I tune in I am blessed to hear what you got to say JB.
1: I, uh, I thought you were going I thought you were going to say JB every time he stands <laughs> behind the pulpit in his own church, he looks really really good. Um, that's Well, I, I was, was
0: going to say that, but you know, I, you know, I, I, am not a good judge of that with in other, <laughs> in other, in other men. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm sure your wife. Uh- has always been impressed, hasn't?
1: Oh, she? absolutely, yeah. And, and you don't need to verify that with her; just take my word for it. Yeah, I awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: uh, well, JB, thank you once again for being with us this Tuesday morning, and uh, and we thank our listeners for tuning in. Uh, I know that uh, because of the subject matter today, uh, we may get some feedback on it, uh, and if we do, I'll pass that along to you, and I'm sure you'll do the same with me. But But uh, I appreciate your willingness to to discuss this very, very important topic. And uh, just on a note about something you said with the shedding, um, you know, you're openly admitting that that can happen now. And when you consider that, I I think that uh, it is obviously in direct contravention with what they were telling us to begin with. That yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't me, get you couldn't get the virus if you if you got the vaccine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And let me—I um, forgot to mention those questions that I said I would. So let me just reel them off sure. really quickly that sure. I got from listeners. Number one: If your family member, wife, child, grandchild, parent were dying in the hospital and asking for you, would you get the shot in order to be allowed to enter and see them? Why or why not? The answer is no. No. No, no, it would not be easy, but no, I would not. There are no circumstances under which I would receive the jab. If my family member was dying, uh, I'll see them again in heaven, but it's a moral issue to me, and the ends don't justify the means. The second question, if someone you knew who was dying and lost in the hospital, and they requested you to come and present the gospel to them, that they might be saved, would you get the shot to be allowed to enter the hospital and present the gospel to that person? Why or why not? No, no. No, no, that again is an ends justifies the means argument I've gotten that question a lot from people who are evangelists or missionaries and they say well I just want to go spread the gospel overseas and I got to have the vaccine to do it. No, 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 that's an ends justifies the means argument it'd be like saying I want to share the gospel with people who are addicted to pornography and I know they'll never read a gospel track but I'm going to create a magazine called pray boy magazine that has a bunch of naked pictures but it has the gospel in the end and, and I'm going to share the gospel with those people, you would never do that because it's immoral, and it's immoral to take the shot, so it's never acceptable to violate God's moral law in order to share the gospel. Number three, could, do you consider getting the shot a direct violation of God's specific will and command, or do you see it as a matter of individual liberty to be decided by each individual according to their conscience? I believe it is a moral issue. And uh, there, of course, as I just went over many practical reasons why it would be unwise to take a gene editing bioinjection that is being forced upon people as part of a larger agenda. Uh, but, uh, but I do believe it's a moral issue. And then number four, finally, the question was, has been raised, if required to take the vaccine to keep my job and provide for my family, should I do so and trust that God will guard my life and well-being according to his providence and timeline for my life? And I already talked about that one a moment ago. Uh, absolutely not. Again, the answer is always going to be no, when it comes to, should I take the vaccine? Just the same God that's able to protect you from physical dangers is also able to provide for you if you lose your job. So thanks for letting me tack that on there at the end. I just, since we promised we'd say it, I wanted to go ahead and mention it.
0: Amen. Uh, I'm glad you did JB. Thank you very, very much. I want to remind our listeners that, uh, uh, you you're with us usually every Tuesday morning, uh, at, uh, about 10 a.m. my time. Uh, Let's see, you're on Central Time, aren't you?
1: Uh, Mountain Time. No, you're on
0: Mountain Time. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, 9 a.m. Mountain Time. So uh, be sure and and, uh, be near uh, your iPhone at at, at about those times on Tuesday mornings. Uh, You'll get some great information from right here on the Christian Underground News Network. Also, uh, this coming Saturday, We have another upcoming episode with uh, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what he's going to talk about. I don't want to ruin the surprise. Uh, He'd probably be mad at me. Uh, (laughs) And I don't want him mad at me either. You know, he he can still kick my butt, I think. Uh, That's right. Uh, (laughs) So, listen, thank you all for being with us today, JB. Thank you for for sharing your time with us today. And uh, we look forward to, to speaking with you again. Uh, next Tuesday morning. Uh, Until then, uh, this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off until Saturday morning, and we'll see you then. God bless.